Welcome to the LYA Podcast. This is a place for authentic discussion for young adults. We want to provide a commentary, backed by God's Word, to help you thrive in your 20-something years. Let's dive into this week's discussion. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the LYA podcast. I think we're on episode 28. It's been quite a journey. This is going to be the first episode in season 2.5 is what I'm calling it because season two is not over, but you guys know it's it's been a while. It's been a minute since we've been able to record some episodes. Um, you know, things have been wild out here. As you guys know, 2020 is crazy. 2021 is even crazier. And that's what we're going to be getting into. But before I, I, I go on much longer, uh, I want to introduce to you guys our uh, awesome co-host for today. Uh, to my right over here, you guys can't see that. I don't know why I said that. But we have the legendary Robbie Hall. Hey, y'all. And then we are also joined by none other than Devin. Hi. Didn't say your last name. <laughs> We can't reveal that yet. It's too private. <laughs> private information. It's too, yeah. It, yeah, it's got to be kept safe. But hey, uh, before we get into um, tonight's, tonight's, this episode, you could be listening to this at night. I don't know. Before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know about an opportunity to win a prize. Even you guys could win this prize. A prize? Yeah, a prize. So it is uh, 2021 and we are seeking to redeem this year. Uh, so our theme for... 2021 in Liberty Young Adults is generosity and hospitality. So in order to celebrate that, we're going to give away the first ever prize on the podcast, and we're going to give away an air fryer. Yes. Oh my gosh. What would you guys do with an air fryer? Probably talk about it all the time. <laughs> That's what I've heard people with air fryers do. I mean, I, I have an air fryer. Oh. I talk about it a oh, lot. Yeah, we know. Unapologetically. <laughs> I probably would also make tater tots a lot. I think I would revitalize um, l- like limp Chick-fil-A fries. Mm. You know, like if, if your fries sort of... possible? Yeah. Oh. Like if they get cold, if like you re- cold. you would reheat them in that? I totally would. I have resurrection power. That's amazing. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> resurrection power. Your, not, only, not only can your air fryer make food taste good, it's got resurrection power. You know, it's funny. <laughs> my air fryer has a reheat function on it. That's your amazing. air fryer? I oh, didn't yeah. realize you had an air fryer. Uh, you've never said that before. Uh, you know, I feel like that was a slight <laughs> and I feel like you're only saying that cause you really want to win the air fryer. I, I actually already have an air fryer. Okay. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it was a Christmas gift. It was super cool. Okay. So obviously it should go to me then. Right. Right. So here's how you guys can win the air fryer uh, or your second air fryer, maybe. Um, because you know what? It's better than one air fryer, air <laughs> two air fryers. There's going to be an air fryer shortage. What you can do is any podcast your favorite podcast uh of the lya podcast share it to your story and tag at liberty lya it's all you got to do or you can also post about it so you can do this in a few different ways uh if you're listening on spotify you can share it straight to your insta story using the share function on spotify yeah it's so easy um, and then people can tap in the corner to listen to it so they can go straight to it. So if that's, you know, if that's where you listen is on Spotify, you can do that. Um, you can link it with uh, Apple Podcasts. It's a little bit harder uh, to do that. You got to be a little more tech savvy to do it. Um, you can also just take a screenshot uh, of it and post that on your story and just say, hey, this is my favorite episode of the LA podcast and then tap or tag us in there. Um, if you're super cool, uh, you can tell everyone that they can find the podcast through the link tree and 
Liberty LYA's Insta bio. But that's all you got to do, guys. That's this crazy. this could be the easiest air fryer Let's go. That, you've ever that you've ever won. I'm gonna get this air fryer. Guys, you want to know something kind of interesting? Kind of interesting. I, you <coughs> know, interesting is sure. relative. Sure, <laughs> sure. Mildly I, interesting. Let's go. I have won an like exorbitant amount of Instagram giveaways. You have though. I have. This like, is like I have actually lost count. Didn't you win the sweatshirt giveaway? I did. Yes. I, I love that sweatshirt. You've won coffee. I've won, won coffee, so shoes, like uh, a whole box full of stuff. I mean, I have a t-shirt, jewelry. I think I've won like like over a dozen giveaways. I, I can't even remember all of them. Robbie just began 20 days of prayer and fasting for you to lose this air fryer <laughs> contest. I'm not it just enter, started. I'm not going to enter on this one. It's a very odd thing, but all that to say that like they actually are real. I feel like a lot of people are like, giveaways are scams. But apparently not. Ours not are not you. scams. Not scams. We've only Guys. ever, I think, done one, and you won it. This, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's confirmation that ours is not. But this is the first ever one on the podcast. This is so. like a legit one too. So guys, let's enter go. it. Like that's so exciting. Enter it. Well, get an air fryer. Air fryers. I feel like air fryers were like probably one of the bigger things to happen in 2020. Don't you guys think? <laughs> Yeah, 20, oh, yeah, not much happened. Not much happened in 2020 pretty, except for air fryers getting yeah, popular. Yeah, pretty dull year overall. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, facetious comments aside, 2020 <laughs> was, you know, it was a wild year. Ugh. I think we can say that. Um, 2021's giving it a run for its money. Oh my yeah, gosh. so, <laughs> you know, we're off to a start here in January. And I remember when we got to regather in September, uh, you know, at the Voyage on Tuesday night, I said... Guys, there seems to be this um, sentiment going around that if we turn the calendar page over to 2021, like if we can just make it to the end of 2020 and we make it to 2021, it's like everything will just go away <laughs> and everything's going to be better and it's going to be fantastic on the other side. And it's like, well, here we are. It's the last day of January. I suppose that's you know actually pretty pertinent um, that you guys know the date we're recording this. Um but yeah, it's you just know. so n- nothing else happens. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> it's just like every we don't know what's coming next. Yeah, I mean, it could be any moment. Um, yeah, but it's like okay, so this year um, we've had riots, oh and then we had you know what some people are calling like an attempted takeover on the U.S. Capitol. Oh my goodness. redditors um, coordinated a attack on a multi-billion-dollar hedge fund. Uh, over GameStop stocks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've got record polarization. Um, everyone's pretty dug in to their, their trenches, and there's, like, no middle ground, uh, really, anymore. Um, and there's just, I don't know, like, a, uh, do you guys feel like there's, like, an ambient anxiety in uh, society? Like, oh. we're just, even when there's, like, a lull between events. I mean, we're kind of even talking about it right now by saying like, who knows what else could happen? Yeah. Like everyone's like, <laughs> we're bracing for whatever <laughs> nonsense in the apocalypse comes next. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was talking just with um, my, my housemates the other night and we were talking about how there just were certain times where we felt such anxiety specifically in social media, just with like the pressures to, to like say something or not say something or to like engage or not engage and how to engage. And that was just social media. It feels like it, it's everywhere. It's, it, it really is kind of affecting, I think just the, the normal feeling that we have. Yeah. Like literally with the timestamp date, like we got to talk about what day it is. Cause who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how do you guys think we got here? Like, I mean, I guess like a big piece of it is obviously 
you know, the coronavirus pandemic, you know, is probably one of the bigger pieces. Um, Or at least in my mind, like that feels like it was the event that kind of pushed a lot of our social structures and systems that are around us, you know, to the breaking point. And and there's like a, a a leadership phrase, um, you know, I I can't think of who said it and I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, but essentially it's like pressure reveals the weakness in your systems, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever that comes around. Um, so whenever hard times comes, that really reveals the stuff that you've probably been band-aiding for a while, uh, and it's finally going to break. But what do you guys think? Yeah, um, I think it started a long, 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 long time before this. Just like what you were saying with polarization, more so than anything, uh, we've been entrenched in different camps um, in ideologies, at, at least in America, I can't really speak for like the broader world, but for America, we have a right and a left, um, and we're divided on almost every single issue and topic. And each divide on each issue and topic means that you're a bad person or a good person. So it's not even like we can agree to disagree. It's just like, you're the devil if you disagree with me. <laughs> and I've literally heard people say oh, those yeah. little words. Oh, yeah. Definitely Sorry, act like that. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, it's okay, Devin. I, I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for real. Um, and just to be clear, I would never call Robbie a devil. <laughs> Clear. Yeah. At least to his face. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, God, gosh. No, never. He's <laughs> wonderful. Um, yeah. No, but you know, it's interesting because, like, I think it feels new. Like, you ask, like, how did we get here? And I, I think it feels new because, to a certain extent, yes, it, like, the this amount of pressure for at least most of us, if we're, you know, in the young adult category, which is kind of, you know, where we're, where we're talking about right now, most of us have never experienced something this with this level of pressure um sort of unrelenting for a year (laughs) or more Mm. more time i mean you could argue that it's been lasting more than a year and um and yet i would i would also argue that like there's nothing new under the sun right like solomon talks about that and if you if you look at history yes there are new things happening in the sense that um the amount of like engagement with how crazy things are is heightened to a new level with the fact that you can open your phone. And I know everyone's talking about this. This isn't like we're aware of it even as we're not fully aware of it. But, you know, we look at our phones and we're constantly inundated with all the stuff that's going on all the time. Um, and other people's opinions, people that you like will very rarely, if ever, to actually talk to um, in real life and have real relationship with you're constantly hearing opinions and and seeing things that are going on it feels nonstop, um and yet none of the like material or content none of the tensions the idea of like two sides being polarized or people thinking that one another are monsters literally none of that is new that is something that has been going on since the beginning of time like the beginning if we're going to talk america the inception of the nation um, there are the federalists and anti-federalists there are like lots of different factions and people who have different ideas about how things should be run um you go back further enough and you have warring groups you know go back to the bible right you have cain and abel like the idea of people um seeing things differently um and just chaos ensuing is not something that's entirely new but it is does feel new to a new level for us for sure yeah i um I've been reading this book uh, called 
the Divine Conspiracy uh, by Dallas Willard. And oh, Devin, yeah, Devin recommended this book to me. And actually, you know, like I think two or three people recommended to me all at the same time. And I was like, well, I guess I better oh, pick up this just book. diluted my recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that I... Oh, well, I don't know. I guess it was like, it was like a cool, like Holy Spirit thing where I was like, okay, yeah. I should pick this book up because like three people in the same week have recommended it to me. Um, so, and I'm like, what could it hurt? You know? Um, so... I mean, I'm only a chapter deep in it, but uh, one of the things that he talks about in the opening chapter um, is this idea of like our kingdom and like God's kingdom and how like every human has their own little kingdom. Um, and the way he talks about it is like we should understand kingdom is like the range of our effective will, like the range of the reality around us of which we can exercise and control things in there. So like you know, if you're a young adult and you're listening to this, like the range of your effective will might include like the cleanliness of the bedroom of the apartment that you share with other people. Uh, um, or, Why you know, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's the things that you can control. Like you can control whether or not you get up and go to work tomorrow. You can control whether or not tonight for dinner you eat Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or you're a baller on a budget and, uh, you go eat a can of soup in your, <laughs> in your cabinet. Um, but he talks about like, man, all of human history is this warring of these like human kingdoms ever since the disintegration of the human creation in the garden of where we are trying to dominate others. And then at the same time, we're also trying to escape domination from other people. Um, and he's like, this is true, whether it's the office politics that you exist in all the way up to the international relations that we see in the world. And, uh, you know, that sounds like super great. And it's because someone 10 times smarter than me <laughs> wrote that. So, but when I read that, I was like, wow, like that really makes sense for, you know, to quote John Mark Comer, another guy that I think all of us really like, you know, this is our cultural moment that we find ourselves in. And I'm like, wow, that feels so uh, applicable, but also like palatable <laughs> for the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. And I think like what he says in there is like, man, the key for believers is whenever you discover like, you know, you have your own little kingdom and like what we have to do is bring the range of our effective will in line with God's effective will for what he wants for the world mm. and realizing like Jesus's kingdom like is at hand. Like it's not something that is in the future that we're going to step into, but there's something that we can exercise in the here and now. And as I kind of like look around in society, you know, I see a lot of um, struggle and a lot of strife, confusion, anxiety, um, grief, grief over injustice. And when you see a lot of people call for action and people want to see things happen. Um, but like, I have to be honest, like at points, I feel like we're trying to get to the kingdom that Jesus told us about just without Jesus. Mm. Like we want like the results of the things that like Jesus talked about, the things that the disciples wrote about in the New Testament. Yeah. But we don't want to, we want the kingdom without the king, so to say. Yeah. I think too that, that there's a misunderstanding. There's a, like, a conflation of our own little kingdoms, like you were talking about with the kingdom of God. Like we think that um, furthering our own agenda and furthering um, X, Y, and Z issues um, and getting these done in the way we want it done is the same as the coming of the kingdom of God. And sometimes, maybe, maybe sometimes it is in line with what Jesus has commanded us to do, but sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's just us trying to use Jesus essentially as a political prop 
to get done what we want to get done or to hold on to power for ourselves. Hmm. How would you guys think would be a way that, you know, if someone's listened to this and they're like, okay, like I want to get in line with God's will, but like I also don't want to do that because it seems like you can kind of like trip trip and fall your way into doing that without realizing it, right? Because isn't that like what everyone who does that, they legit think that they're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like how many people like, you know, literally set out to make the world a worse place, Yeah, <laughs> you know? They all think they're going to make it a better place, but... Everyone's the hero of their own story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie's the hero of my story. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, no, um... It's interesting. I think, like what you were saying earlier, David, about um, like how sometimes, yeah, wanting to go out and, and sort of get the kingdom of God without God in it. Right. Um, it, it There's that verse, um, and it, it's in Second Timothy that says, um, it, essentially, the the people will have a form of godliness, um, but deny the power that it comes from denying the power thereof. Um, and that is just so accurate as Mm. far as, um, like we really want, I think the effects when you think about like the Holy spirit, um, the fruit of the spirits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Like that's like a really beautiful list actually. And, um, I don't think there are people that like don't want those things. Um, but oftentimes the, like, those are the fruit, right? They're like the things that come out of a life that is surrendered to the spirit and the surrendering of the spirit is often what we don't want. And so, um, I think in a lot of ways, what that looks like is almost being willing to work ourselves, work, work our way backwards and being like, Lord, do I, do I want you, um, do I want you, not just the fruit that comes from like being around you um, or, or having my life planted in you? A lot of times we want the good things of God without um, the commitment, without the the covenant, the fidelity, the um, honestly, the, the cross, you know, like Jesus says, yeah. like, take up my cross and follow me. Um, or and, and I just think sometimes crosses are painful. Crosses kind of suck. And when you think about... Um, like what you were saying too, I think that's beautiful. The the range of our, our kingdom being like our range of our effective will. Like sometimes our will just doesn't, like I feel like I have so much more will sometimes than, than I actually have an effective range of my will. You know, like I'd like to be able to do more or to um, have more, not necessarily influence over other people, but maybe just influence over my circumstances. Like honestly, right now I would really like to not be in a pandemic. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but this has not been the peak form of existence for me. And if, if there was like, if my, the effective range of my will could be increased a little bit, I would like to sign up for that. I had a teacher who, who made this joke in high school. She would say, um, I keep submitting my application to be queen of the universe and just keeps getting denied. And it's like, I, sometimes I get that. It's like, no, I, and it comes out in little ways. Like, um, I don't know, getting angry or frustrated in certain circumstances, um, or, you know, just getting fed up or, or snapping at other people or whichever way that you lean as far as how you feel about what we should or shouldn't be doing during this time, it can come out in a lot of different ways because we all have ideas about how things should go, um, and how we should all be handling this. And they, they range widely. And there's that feeling of like, I want to, um, 
I, I want things my way. And so I, I, I don't know if we can, um, if we can really get to a point where the good things of God come out in our lives, um, without getting down to that root and getting down to honestly the sacrifice that makes all of that fruit possible. It just makes me think like, isn't that the core of the scriptures though mm-hmm. of God wants to bless you and make you fruitful in his own way and in his own time and in the way that he desires in his, you know, we're talking, we're using the term range of his effective will for this podcast. So we'll just keep putting it that way. Um, like God wants to do that, but humans want to do it their way. Like they can choose to trust God and we often choose not to. And when we choose not to, we choose to take, um, you know, take from God or try to take power or try to take uh, influence or try to take whatever it is, um, you know, under our own authority and under our own will. That is how we have devolved into um, the struggle of what it means uh to be human yeah. and interact with other humans. Yeah. And that made it sound like a little hopeless. If you keep reading the Bible, it gets there. <laughs> there's a great part in there where <laughs> Jesus shows us the true way to be human. He does. Uh, and he gives us some incredible <laughs> guidelines, more than guidelines, some incredible principles. I should say Matthew five through seven. If you've never read it, check yes. it out. If you're looking for something to read in your Bible tonight, that's a great one. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, like that's how we see the kingdom of God come is by loving our neighbor as ourselves, by loving God more than anything else in this world, by um, denying our own rights, turning the other cheek, uh, being a peacemaker, going the extra mile, even when you don't feel like it, which is usually when it's the most important, when mm-hmm. you don't feel like you, you that's usually when, mm-hmm. yeah, you've really got to exercise this, this discipline of, of choosing holiness and righteousness and love for your neighbor, even the mm-hmm. neighbors or your enemies who hate you. Mm-hmm. And it's unpleasant and it's uncomfortable and it's also straight up humiliating. <laughs> and I think like for me at least, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, the humiliating acts aspect of, a lot of Jesus's commands is the most um, difficult <laughs> to get over. Yeah, know? it's the it's the emptying of yourself mm-hmm. yeah. to be mm-hmm. refilled. Yeah. And it's like that sounds like so beautiful and poetic when you hear like pastors talk about it on stage <laughs> or you hear it at worship songs. And then you start like the emptying of yourself in your life and you're like, wow, this is very different. This is not fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it often looks like just not really remarkable things that you could like write a blog about. You know what I mean? Oftentimes it's like there's that person that kind of is a little bit frustrating to you and Mm. you choose to ask them how their day is. And it's like a little tiny, like a little tiny picking up your cross moment. And it's so small because really you could just not ask them about their day. You know, like it's that simple or maybe it's um, something like uh yeah, maybe if you want to take it to social media, like leaving a comment and it's taking a half second longer to moderate the tone and to think through how could this be read? Even if you kind of think that they deserve like whatever tone that you're going to give them, whatever Mm -hmm. judgment or censure that you'd like to sort of put on them to take a half second and say, how can I love them and reframe this um, or rephrase this to meet them and to try to build bridges instead of break them down. Um, 
and it's it's just interesting because it I think those tiny like micro choices that we make are so much more formative than we realize. Um, the tiny moments that we make when we talk about like range of effective will, sometimes I think we think it's like, or being a Christian in general, it's like the big decisions. Like what college am I going to go to? Who am I going to marry? Like, um, what job am I going to have? What job am I going to have? Is it, is it going to be ministry related? Are they going to love Jesus? Like those kinds of questions when oftentimes, like, I don't know about you guys, but like the biggest, um, growth for me has often happened in the tiny moments when I am tired or frustrated or angry and I choose to turn to the Lord instead of to my flesh, instead of to the thing that I want to do in the moment. And what's interesting is like, oftentimes what I want to do, the selfish thing, whatever that looks like, um, feels so strong. But as soon as like that kind of give it over to the Lord in a sense. And the Holy spirit becomes the central driver of that. It's funny how, like how much power there is in that and how it really does begin to shape you so that that thing becomes natural. Like when I, when I look at what the Lord's done in my life over the years, there are certain responses and heart tones and like levels of patience and like even just noticing other people and being able to serve that become, that come much more naturally now um, than they did before the Lord started, you know, I guess the Lord's always been working on, on our, my heart, but it's just interesting what has become habit and what has become natural has been shaped over time. So that like what naturally comes out of me is, has been shaped by the Holy spirit. And that, it, it, and obviously it's the sort of thing that like the more that that happens, the more you realize you need <laughs> like more, yeah. um, it, it opens your eyes to like to how much further you have to go but it is just I think a beautiful thing to know that like he shapes us he is faithful to change our natures and our wills slowly over time um, and hopefully make the spaces around us more beautiful to make our kingdom look more like his kingdom yeah it just made me think of like God works in the ordinary mm. and like we often don't think in the ordinary and the boring parts of life you know that God's doing things but but he is yeah. And he, he is shaping us and forming us and, you know, thousands of tiny decisions that feel minute. Mm. Um, we have a, a, a chance to help redeem the world and, and bring about the kingdom uh, even more. Yeah. Mm. I think that there's another level to that of, of, of God shaping you. I think the, a huge problem for a lot of Christians is that they're not being shaped by God mm. is that we're going to, the 24 hour news cycle or doom scrolling through Twitter <laughs> constantly to see everyone's different takes on these. And we're being shaped more by the media. We're constantly consuming, whether that be on the TV and Netflix or on YouTube or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, than we are by the word of God and by the community of the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're being shaped by God, you're going to become more and more like him. But if you're being inundated with all of this negative stuff that's of the world, you're going to be shaped by that. Like I've had uh, at least two seasons in my life where I was constantly looking at news sources and news articles and political commentary and who I became in those seasons was very negative, very easily irritated, um, on edge, kind of angry (laughs) all the time, just like underneath the surface, like the Hulk, I'm always angry. (laughs) Um, and you know, 
argumentative too. And those aren't the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> like it wasn't making me more like Jesus. It was making me not like Jesus. Mm. Yeah. That's so, you know, that made me, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I was like really wanting to circle, circle back around, um, to what you just said, Robbie, because we kind of started off just talking about like, man, how did we get here? And then we were like, well, you know, it's not really a new problem. This is kind of like human history. And then this is like how it's, you know, played out over human history. And then we had, you know, some theological discussion there about, you know, how can we bring about the kingdom of God? And then talking about like, you know, the kingdom of God sometimes comes around in ordinary things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's maybe what we need to begin to think about. Like anyone who is feeling maybe anxious about the coming year or anxious about last year, or even if you're someone who's like, I I would really like to do something Mm. about the situation um, that I'm in, um, but I don't know if I can help the vaccine roll out any faster. Uh, You know, I digress. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think what you can do is just what Robbie said, like pay attention to what you pay attention to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's a big problem for Mm. how we've got to where we are in our, our, nation and our community and in our um, social parameters is just like you said we're so consumed by the 24-hour news cycle Um, stories are pushed straight to our home screen and then we strap smart technology to our wrist so that it it buzzes your wrist you know what I mean (laughs) so you can't ignore it when it happens and uh, we're just letting so much in and it's like if God is going to shape and form us like we have to let him and we have to listen and we have to sit in that. And sometimes that requires, like Devin said, taking up an, an uncomfortable cross. And it's like, for some of us, maybe, you know, a piece of what that looks like is like, maybe you need to turn off the news. Yeah. Like maybe you need to turn off the social media. Maybe it's like not even being like anxious or angry, like about like what's going on, like in the community, but maybe it's like, you know, um, you know, self-image issues, or you feel like you're always missing out because some of your friends who are maybe doing a little bit better than you are like always traveling, like in the middle of the pandemic. And you're like, how do you even have money? Like, you know, did you get five stimulus checks? Because I didn't even get one. And, uh, you know, you have this FOMO and you're like constantly scrolling, like when, when, you know, or you're like online shopping for vacations you can't afford. And then you're just feeling like a sad sack or, uh, you know, you're seeing people who, you know, got married during the pandemic or something and you're like, man, I'm going to get stuck again, like a whole nother year by myself. And it's like, what is the stuff that you're like paying attention to? That's really telling you this, you know? And it's like, I think just the more we can really pay attention to that and then how you can shift your life to habituate it around gratitude. You know, I think maybe the most quoted verse from season two is, uh, you know, Philippians four, six, seven, and eight. Uh, you know, don't be anxious about anything, uh, but in everything and prayer supplication, make thanks, make your request known to God uh, with thanksgiving. And it's like, man, be, being thankful is so freeing. Hmm. And when you habituate your life, you know, around that, not, and I'm not even using that term lightly. Like I literally mean like when you change your habits and daily life rhythms, hmm to be about thankfulness for what God is doing in your life. That is what really opens up. I think the window of opportunity to see God start working in ordinary things in life. Absolutely. I like recently um, saw ironically on Instagram, as much as we've been talking about (laughs) avoiding that, um, this one really awesome um, ministry account I was following. She was talking about how we anxiety operates under the phrase, what if, like even when we started out this podcast, we were talking about like, well, we gotta, like we said, 
tell the date because what if something happens tomorrow? That's what anxiety says. Like, what if this, what if that, well, what if it's really, really bad? And how faith in the Lord and relationship with the Lord operates under even if. So even if literally anything that you imagine (laughs) happens tomorrow and the next day and the next day, um, Jesus is on the throne. That is what we believe, even if. And um, when we talk about like what, what we're filling our minds with, what we're contemplating, um, you know, it's like, it's interesting because we, we watch out for the content of what people says, say, we're so concerned about like, um, oh, is this biblical? Is what they're saying biblical or, you know, and sometimes we have different ideas about um, what we need to value higher over certain things. Um, as far as like, you know, different sides have different values. The Christian, Christian ideals probably land somewhat on both sides. Like, you know, it's not um, like with political issues or just in general that everyone gets everything right. Um, but something that's kind of been helpful for me, there's that verse. Um, in, it's actually the first verse of the first chapter of Psalms that says, um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Um, and a scoffer is someone who laughs and speaks about a person or idea in a way that shows that they think that person or idea is stupid or silly. And I feel like if we could have a word that fits the tone for like the past year or so, it's just scoffing. I was like, I feel like you just described the entirety (laughs) of what Twitter is. Yeah. It's it's like not Twitter, all, it's just scoffer. Yeah, that's like literally like <laughs> re-scoff. what Twitter is based off of. <laughs> re-scoff. And it's re-scoff. <laughs> oh, re-scoff. <laughs> so that, are you guys going to scoff about that joke? I thought it was pretty good. So the, the point of what I'm saying is, is that, you know, sometimes we need to not just watch the content, but also watch the tone. And mm-hmm. Jesus was not a scoffer. Even when Jesus was laying down the truth and it was hard truth, he never scoffed. And so paying attention to the people that we're listening to and then also the tone that we're giving off. Um, and honestly, just like what world we're operating in. You know what? Yeah. You know what kind of people don't need to scoff? People who believe that Jesus is sitting on the throne. People who believe that even if literally Siri, autofill, anything could happen, like even if we, we're okay. We are okay in the Lord. We don't need to scoff because we are secure. Our kingdom is secure. It's okay. Yeah, and I just think that, um, you know, like we're talking about paying attention what you're paying attention to and then just staying out of, you know, that toxic dialogue. Like, the average person in America right now spends two hours and 22 minutes a day on social media. Um, and some of y'all listening to this are above two hours and 22 minutes because uh, like you're is. above average. <laughs> oh, I wish I was at two hours. Yeah. Some of you guys get that screen time report on Sunday and you're like, oh man, down 8%. I'm doing good. But then there it's still go. like four hours and one minute a day. I, I, never mind. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I guess there's like this misnomer, like kind of, again, just talking about like, man, how did we get to this level of polarization? I feel like there, do you guys think there's like this idea that, you know, if you read something online, like it's like a little less bias because it's like, you know, these sources are not, con- you know, it's not like a news station. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, you know, s- social media runs off of highly inte- intelligent algorithms that learn your behaviors that seek to try to keep you on the platform. So it will continue to feed you whatever it takes to keep you on the platform. Hmm. 
because that's how they make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so echo, it's echo chambers. Yeah. So it's exactly like what it if is. it what it takes to keep you on the, the platform is to create an echo chamber, um, then that's what it will do. And like again, like I think Twitter is a good example of this because <laughs> like what you know, if Instagram tries to sell you like the better life, like that's really like what's behind <laughs> the curtains is like get on Instagram to see how much better everyone else's life is than yours. Like Twitter's is like get on here to see like rage. You know what I mean? <laughs> like rage is like what they use to like keep people on the platform, and it's like let's just feed this person whatever enrages them over and over and over and over. Um, so it's like man, like how can we be formed by that? Because like you said, like that's how we turn into scoffers like that because we're allowing that to form us rather than the word of God. And it's like when you take that and then you apply it on a, such a maximum scale to which like, you know, almost everyone in America has a smartphone Mm. and you know, there are so many, you know, active users on all these platforms and stuff like that every single day. And we're consuming so much of this every single day. Like, I think that that is how we get to places like this Yeah, that we're in. Hmm. And it's just, you know, there are days like I do feel like pretty discouraged because like, I feel like just like you said, like, you know, even as someone who isn't, isn't even if believer, Hmm. you know, I desire and want that for other people who are around me. And then it's like, I look around and, you know, I'm sure you guys listening to this too have felt this way is there's no room for dialogue it feels like in society like there's no it's not space it's not safe to have a middle ground Hmm. anymore to have a discussion or it's not okay to you know we're gonna have to agree to disagree uh anymore because like you know you don't ever you don't see that on on the internet you know what i mean like it's just like you just shout someone down and then whoever's tweet or comment gets more likes or more retweets like that person won and then you just you just move on to the next thing that you're outraged about and it's like how do we how do we get out of this you know like how does how does the church move forward because for so long i feel like the church has just punted on other people and leaders in society to kind of pull us through. But now I really feel like it's the opportunity for the church to do something about it. Well, if there was going to be a space where it, it, there wouldn't be scoffing, but there would be connection, like what would that look like? I, I think that's Robbie small group on Thursday. (laughs) Absolutely. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, a lot of the times this is going to look messy, especially right now. And, you know, I can imagine someone wanting this like clean cut, nicely packaged answer, five bullet points of what to do to create peace and unity and make everyone get along together. But it's not going to be that simple. It's going to be really messy. It's complicated to, to explain to how we got here and it's going to be complicated to get our ways out. Um, this is very true. Yeah. So, but part of that is having complicated, messy and uncomfortable conversations with people who, you know, you disagree with you, Yeah. you know, and and trying to find that common ground. It's not easy sometimes, especially now where, where we have viewpoints, the way we often view people on the other side are the far extreme of this opinion or this group. Like anyone to the right of me is just super far alt-right Richard Spencer white nationalist nonsense and everyone to the left of me is just like crazy commies you know like (laughs) 
<laughs> crazy commie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm literally sitting to the left of Robbie. And he like gestures He's toward gesturing me. at David. <laughs> He's like crazy commie. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, but I think we have to like, we have to see and humanize the other side on one hand, realize that not everyone's opinion is as extreme as we might initially think it is and try to find that common ground. Cause a lot of people like we might disagree on how to fix this issue, but we believe that there is an issue. Um, we believe that people matter. We believe that we should help our neighbor and take care of people and things like that. And we can find common ground somewhere. It's going to take some work to get through buzzwords and um, hard feelings because a lot of the times we we equate our deeply held political beliefs and ideologies with ourselves and if someone is challenging that it's like an attack on us but we kind of have to work through those emotions we have to work through these messy uncomfortable conversations in order to get to the other side to where we can actually find something to agree on we can actually work together to create a better space in our communities and our world yeah i I just want to clarify for anyone's listening like when you're talking about like you know we can we can find middle ground you know i think what you're saying is like we can agree like let's just use for example like there's an injustice in the world you know what i mean like you know two people who may be in different camps or ideas or whatever like we can agree that there's a problem um, and where we maybe start to disagree is exactly how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And then I guess like for believers, like where we would come in on that is like, you know, we believe that Jesus has a way for us to work through this problem or he's given us principles mm-hmm. for us to exercise discernment on to work through this problems. And we can't yeah. compromise on those, but we can agree that there's a, that there's a problem. Yeah. Like, let me show Absolutely. you why I feel like <laughs> our answer yeah. works here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, this is where the power of the gospel is huge um, because there are lots of, they're going to always be sort of worldly responses to how to fix problems, right? Like the thing about like, just because you're not a Christian doesn't mean you can't see when something's off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the unique thing about the Christian response, the the gospel centered response to this is that it, one of the most challenging and hard to swallow things that Jesus ever teaches is love your enemies. And I did not realize that when I was small, <laughs> just a small child. And, you know, my enemy was like that semi-bully on the playground. And, and I don't know, I could kind of see why maybe I needed to forgive them. When you get older and you realize that your enemies are actually people that that maybe have things, that have beliefs or practices or um, just worldviews that you find actually horrific um Mm. then when you have real enemies that's when it becomes um much more powerful and also hard um and the only way that that is possible to even wrap our heads around is realizing who we are all standing before god um and it, it is possible to both look at someone and say actually i think what you believe is really wrong and also, I have been really wrong as a sinner before the Lord. And so that does not mean that I suddenly start saying what you do is right. That doesn't negate the fact that I think that um, that you're off on this. But mm-hmm. it does mean that I don't walk into the situation with a level of self-righteousness, with a level of believing that I'm superior to you. 
because I am not superior to you. I also needed the exact same price for my, there was the exact same price paid for my sins and my failures. Um, And so that humility is going to be necessary for unity. Um, And Mm. it, it, it's going to be painful and a hard pill to swallow because oftentimes your enemies are your enemies for a reason, right? Like it's, they, (laughs) there are people that do and say things that are horrible and yet they, the price for their redemption is the same price for mine. And we have to hold that, you know, we hold both of those things, both those tensions uh, at the same time. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, it's so hard to love your enemy behind a screen. Like it's so easy to, it's so easy to dehumanize someone, Yes. you know? And, um, I've just found that like when you're sitting down like face to face, like literally right across from another human being and you know, you have the spirit of God within you and you're sitting there talking with them. Mm -hmm. Like even when I have had conversations with people that I'm like, man, I just, I disagree Mm -hmm. so much. Like, I just, I don't know. I can't help but like love you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, I can't help but admire you know, the passion that I know is, is a residual part of, of the image of God. Hmm. And it it makes it much harder for the believer to harden their heart towards mm-hmm. another human when they're having that yeah. face-to-face conversation. I just totally. feel like that's something we've got to get back to. Yeah. You know, even right now, that means you got to mask up to do it. Um, but you know what? Mask up to do it because I think it's worth it. Man, yeah. and you know what the best place to do that is? Robbie small group on Thursday (laughs) over a nice meal made with your new air fryer. (laughs) Absolutely. If you win the air fryer, you should 100% fry up some tater tots. That's like the easiest thing to make in the air fryer. It's my favorite snack in that. And then, you know, have some fun conversations with some people over it. Rescoff. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Don't rescoff them, man. Nothing tears down barriers in society. Like, hydrogenated potatoes stuck there together that is true yeah. potatoes are the great unifier i mean seriously <laughs> uh, that's really it air fryers are like the new microwaves of the 21st century you know honestly if we can't agree on anything else we can agree that air fryers are bomb at least <laughs> i hope if you believe that potatoes are the great <laughs> unifier that we need comment the potato emoji Someone on the like, instagram post everyone likes potatoes in some form what there you go what form of potatoes are you guys like what's your favorite oh, either like favorite form of potato or identity that's like trying to pick your favorite child <laughs> <laughs> We Fair like enough. we like that. agreed to have like an open an open form discussion on this, guys. Like usually, you know, we like semi like chart out <laughs> what we're gonna do, and we promise to always be real and authentic with you guys on the LA podcast. And we d- agreed to the beginnings. We're just gonna let this be like open and just like how we would always talk, just how if we were hanging out at the coffee shop or we were just hanging out, you know, at the house, how would we talk about this, and then we just hit record, and this is what happens. Because in our real conversations, <laughs> you go from talking about something that's super real and super deep and formative in your life. And then you're like, yeah, you know, I really think I'm hash browns <laughs> <laughs> because breakfast is my favorite meal. You know, I don't oh, so know. you're hash browns. I, yeah. You know, I'm hash browns. <laughs> I think I'm hash browns. Lovely. But specifically the ones from Waffle House. Okay. Hmm. That's good to know. I feel like I, I, feel my, like I know you better now. I feel like you lost a little bit of respect for me, though. Well, I mean, you can't win them all. <laughs> You what just re scoffed. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I'm really excited to know that about you. Nice. Man, you guys got any any closing conversations on how uh or closing conversations, closing thoughts, I should say, on man, here's how we got here. Here's what I think we can do. I I would say 
I guess reiterate and also expand on the idea. Get get off of the keyboard. Yeah. Like you are not going to be making that much of a difference by sharing a post that's already been shared half a million times. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was like that was like the hard to swallow pills for so many people. <laughs> Sorry. But like the hard work is gonna be getting out and having conversations with people you disagree with or going out and volunteering with an organization you feel strongly about. Instead of posting about that issue without doing anything else, how about instead you go find an organization in your area that deals with this issue, whether it's abortion or racism or whatever. Like, go out, get into your community, because that's how change happens. And Mm -hmm. that's also how the kingdom of God is going to be furthered. Mm -hmm. Not by Christians sitting behind a screen and posting whatever but by christians going out and being the hands and the feet of jesus man that's like that just makes me think i have a friend who's a a pastor down in florida and uh he posted something that just hit me like a stack of bricks this is a while this is like back in the summer and he said uh you know i don't know why anyone would want to come to church right now when all we're doing is just flamethrower posting political posts about you know, the pandemic, about masks, about what's going on in the country. We just look like a bunch of ornery, angry people. And why would anyone want to get involved with this? And I was like, whoa, this dude, this dude is going to get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah. Devin, you got any closing thoughts? Um, I think that I would just say that people have always surprised me just as soon as I think the thing with the internet is that it often lets us start to put people in buckets um, and, and sort of think that we know people before we really know them. And I've constantly been surprised by actually talking to the people in my life for better or for worse, but often for better um, about what people are actually like and how open they actually are in person. And, and also just how open people can become when you are kind and treat them with a certain level of dignity, when you're not scoffing, um, as hard as it can be at times. And so, you know, the, the, the theme of this, um, whatever this semester, what it would be good. Season, season 2.5. Season 2.5. That just makes me think of Lion King one and a half. <laughs> but anyways, um, the, never saw it. <laughs> really? Yeah. That oh would gosh. Be ra- anyways. Okay. I digress. But that, um, you know, the, the theme is hospitality and generosity. And I think that in those, in those things, you often find that people are, are a lot more interesting and different than you thought they were and that there are more points of connection than we, than we could imagine. Absolutely. I think if I could tie up this whole conversation with, man, how we got here is maybe because we got away from that. You know, we got away from hospitality as, as welcoming the stranger, not the familiar mm. uh, into your home always. And uh, when you're always just welcoming in what's familiar to you, that's whenever we get back into these camps and these corners and we start fighting each other. Yeah. Um, and when you welcome in the stranger, I think it humanizes them. It gives them a certain level of dignity, like you yeah. said. And, uh, you know, I think the gospel makes space for important conversations to happen. And I think it's like we've got to stop talking to people online and we just have to start talking to people in real life, mm-hmm. in, in person. And I know we've been harping on social media a lot, and I know there's redeemable parts of social media and stuff like that right now, but I, I do think for our current moment that we're in, you know, as of January 31, 2021, 
Yeah, it's a big, it's a big accelerator. Um, yeah. In what's going on in, in our country, so man, seek ways to be, you know, hospitable and to love the stranger in your midst, to love your neighbor, and you know, like literally the person that lives beside you, yeah. or, or you're near you. <laughs> you know, not you know, what if it means more um, than just. Uh, the random guy on the other side of the world. Um, but what if Jesus literally meant like, no, seriously, like the people who live within a close geographic proximity to you. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think if we could just do that, pay attention to what we pay attention to and, uh, you know, allow God to start forming us and not allow these, these, you know, Silicon Valley tech companies and 24 uh, <laughs> hour news cycles to form us. Um, we might, we might be able to get this kingdom that we all desire and want. But hey, you guys are awesome. Uh, this has been a, a super fun episode. Um, we have learned so much. Devin created a social media platform called Scoffer. Um, <laughs> Don't look that up. I have no idea what that would be. Let's go. It's going to get to 10 million users so fast because all you guys are going to go download it after she creates all it. All 10 million of you. All 10 million of you to listen to the podcast. That's right. Well, hey, guys, like Fantastic. I said, if you want to win the air fryer and you want to start healing the wounds of our community and nation, it all starts with the air fryer. There you go. Um, potatoes. Don't and worry, potatoes. guys. I won't enter. I won't and enter this one. Yes, yeah, so I, I will because I don't have an air fryer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, to win that, post your favorite episode on your story or you can post it as a normal post whichever one that you want to do but make sure you tag at liberty lya or you will not be entered to win um, but we will choose a lucky winner at the end of february and until then um, we will be waiting till we get to talk to you guys again we love you guys so much and we'll see you next time we are out Thanks for listening to the LYA Podcast. Liberty Young Adults is a ministry of Liberty Live Church in Hampton Roads, Virginia. For more information, check out at Liberty LYA on Instagram, libertylive.church, or check out our Tuesday night feed, The Voyage Podcast. Have a great week.